We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. I'm so glad this morning that my friend Gary Bird is here. When we uh, kicked off the men's conference Friday night, I told the guys, you got a problem because you got two Okies in the same room and it's going to be a problem. Gary's been here once before about two years ago, or maybe three years ago, two years ago, I guess. Did a great job. Since then, God has continued to evolve and open up his ministry across our nation to the hurting, to the down, and to the out. He pastored the same church in Amarillo, Texas for 40 years. Matter of fact, he grew up in Oklahoma, just like I did. But then God called him to be a missionary in Texas. And we all know those Texans need lots of help. So he spent 40 years in Amarillo, and now he's on the road full-time taking the gospel to unreached, overlooked, often neglected portions of our society. He's a great man of God, a good preacher of the Word, and he's come today with a word for you and me. Would you open your heart and stand? Put your hands together and welcome Gary Bird this morning. Amen. Amen. Just Hey, remain standing with me. Would you do that for just a few moments? Uh, it's good to be in the house. And Daryl, I just appreciate you, but I also would like to remind you that he wasn't such a nice guy when he stood here and said, I'll be a mad pastor. So where Yvonne looked at me and said, well, they're t- cut out of the same cloth. So it's good to be with you all this morning and uh, enjoyed the men's conference. Uh, certainly support the, appreciate the support of this house. Uh, y'all support Carolyn and I on a monthly basis, and we, we deeply appreciate it. Uh, pray for y'all every day, uh, especially our pa- your pastor here. Uh, we pray for you every day. We're in, we're in this thing together, right? I want y'all to just say something with me. If y'all put it up on the board, we're going to do, do the Lord's Prayer right quick. Um, no, the Lord's Prayer, the Scripture. <laughs> uh, we're going to get there. Our Father, come on, let's do it. Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us and I forgot the rest of that. (laughs) I was just going to go to thy kingdom come. Say this with me. Let's do this part. All right. Say thy kingdom come. Come on, one more time. Say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Can you agree that's the Lord's desire? Isn't that what Daryl was talking about? Isn't that what the pastor was talking about? We got to get the Lord's will here on planet earth. That's why you're going to have stand in the gap tonight, right? We're going to get the Lord's will here on earth. Will y'all agree that the Lord's will is not done right now on earth? Well, you agree America is in one heck of a mess, but God's will say, but God's will. will. Amen. Lord, may you let it be so in Jesus name. You may be seated. You know, as I, as I have traveled and, and certainly the Lord has been so gracious to allow Carolyn and I, and she sends her love regrets that she can't be with you today, but, uh, she's busy doing free camps. I'll show you a little bit about that before we get through. Today, basically, I want to do is just share with you a few moments and then kind of give you a report of what we've been doing the past uh, year or so and let you see how God has taken the kingdom of God. Uh, do you all still believe there's hope for America? Yeah. Do you still believe that? Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't, you won't be here for the standing gap. You won't be here to help Daryl go out on the streets, right? That's right. 
It's about the hope. America's lost a lot of hope. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll probably be in a hundred churches this year. And as I cross the country and as I'm in the churches and I listen to the voices, um, they probably listen to Fox News a little bit too much. That's right. Yeah, you know, they, we just believe that it's, it's kind of a mess. Matter of fact, somebody asked me, said, who are you going to vote for? And in the beginning, I said, you know what I'm going to do? How many of y'all have ever taken your Bible and just opened it up and pointed at a scripture and said, that's the scripture for the day? Have you ever done that? And trust that God would lead you the scripture? I said, that's the way I'm going to vote. <laughs> you know, I, I, it really, I mean, I understand all of the stuff, but I'm going to tell you, it's not really dependent on who's in the White House. Come on. Come on. And that, that, we've got to get his kingdom here. That's right. And, and it's going, not going to be done through politics. You know, we, we've depended on politics way too long. Had a young man tell me the other day. I asked him the question. I said, well, uh, you know, uh, who, what are we supposed to do in these last days? I had people ask me, I'm not going to go into it this morning, but I had people ask me, young men ask me, so what are we supposed to do if ISIS comes and cuts our head off, you know? Are we supposed to just kneel down and let them take it off? And, you know, I always just tell them, you know, if you do that, then they're going to rape your wives and they're going to take your babies and put them in... Slave traffic, you know, is that is that really what we're supposed to do? And 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 I was look, kind of sharing all this with him, you know. And he looked at me. He said, "Well, it's the government's job to take care of us." I mean, how's that working out for you? Yeah, yeah, you know. And so the whole point is, is we got to get the kingdom of God here. Amen. We got to get the kingdom of God. And what does that kingdom look like? You know, the kingdom of God, first of all, is a kingdom of relationships, isn't it? We're first of all, haven't we had beautiful worship this morning? Man, as I was sitting there, I would just, I, I felt there for one moment, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I want the kingdom of heaven down here on earth, but particularly, I want it at Christian Heritage Church in Tallahassee, Florida right now. And I want to experience that moment right now. And I, all of a sudden, I, Steve, I began to see heaven rejoicing. And then Daryl gets up there and talking about some soul got saved. There's rejoicing in heaven. How many of y'all know around the world there is a great revival going on? There's more people being saved around the world than has ever been saved. And yet we understand that in America, Christianity is declining. But that doesn't mean that heaven's not rejoicing because some little Vietnamese gave his heart to Jesus this morning in an underground church or some Chinese young man gave his life to the Lord in an underground church. That doesn't mean that heaven's not rejoicing. So, Steve, I just felt like I joined with, yeah, I was with Tom and with the praise team, but I was joining heaven, worshiping God. And if you can't make that transition then you are going to be very disappointed because the kingdom's not going to be real to you. So my first relationship is horizontal, or vertical. I, I'm with him. Then my second one is, is with other people. You know, and, and how important is that? You know, I loved just walking in here and being going around and shaking people's hands. So many times people go to church and get in and sit at the back row and get in as quick as they can, get out as quick as they can so they don't have to do anything other than religious duty, you know? And we really never sit with each other. You know, I've appreciated the time that I've got to sit with some of the men and hear their stories and certainly with the pastors and in, in, in the church and get to know them. How many of you know it takes time? That's right. A lot of people ask me why. I've ridden a motorcycle 560,000 miles. 
When I leave here this afternoon, I'm, I mean, I'm going to throw my vest on and hit the road. And when I, when I uh, lay my head down the next time, it's probably going to be somewhere around Houston, Texas, 700 miles. And, you know, I've, I've ridden that thing 560,000 miles across country. And people say, why don't you fly more? You know what you do? You fly right over the top of relationships. Right. Relationships is important to me. And so I stay in a lot of people's homes. I, I stop and invite them for a cup of coffee or stop and eat a meal with them because relationships is something I value greatly because I don't want to end up old and alone. I'm already old, but I don't want to be alone. You know what I mean? You know, I, I want to grow up, Cal. I want to grow up. My wife's praying I grow up. She told me this morning, she said, you're a warrior, swing the sword, but do it with nice words. <laughs> My wife knows me really well. And she said, just do it with nice words. Well, the point is, is I know that relationships is important and I don't want to grow old and alone. And so that, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not only about worship, but it's about us not only building relationships with each other, it's about us bringing the kingdom of God to life here on planet Earth. It's about the justice system. Now, in Lamentations, the third chapter, I'm not going to take time to preach it, but it talks about three different ways that people have been defrauded and, and defamed out of their proper self-esteem because of the system that we live in. Will you agree that we live in a system that doesn't build you up? It's a system. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a flat belly, you know, I was watching Daryl, I just wanted to get up and slap him. You know, I mean, he, he still looks like he's training for the Olympics. You know, he got that flat belly and he's walking across it. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, my God, I can remember that day 48 years ago, you know? You know, and, and you get to look, I look in the mirror and I see the gray hair and the wrinkles and I see all of the stuff that's going on in my face. And I'm just going, I remember a time when I thought, God, if you're ever going to use me, you're going to have to clean the pimples off my face. You know, I, I, I look in the mirror and I go, God, you really made this? You know, I, I was trying to figure it all out, you know. And, and, and the, the whole point is, is that our system, if you don't look right, act right and smell right, you're probably not valued too much. And and God wants us to have a different system among us, right? That's right. He wants His kingdom to be established. And what we've done is, in my mind, over the last 20 years, I've been in this thing all my life. Um, started preaching when I was 15. My dad went into a pastorate when I was 12. And I've been a, a denominational national leader for over 25 years. And as I, as I looked at everything that's gone on, we've kind of crawled in some holes. And we're very comfortable in the holes. First uh, Samuel, the 14th chapter, talks about when the children of Israel, the army of Israel, they were down in this valley, and there, on each side was this great walls, and the Philistine army was up there and they were making fun of them. matter of fact in verse 6 it says they're in their holes and verse 2 says that Saul was living underneath the palm granite tree now one of the scholars I was reading after I'm not a scholar so I have to read after scholars and one of the scholars said that tree is not in the original Hebrew there it was the palm granite well, whether you take the tree or the palm granite tree, whatever you put, the palm granite, they said that there was a cave there, a hole that looked like a, a palm granite. And so the point is, is I think the church, Steve, for the most part, 
the church was using great wisdom in their minds. It was great earth. I say, I used to attend these national meetings and they would have a lawyer to talk to us. Every meeting, they'd have a lawyer talk to us. Then they would bring in an insurance agent and that insurance agent would tell us what we could and couldn't do. The attorney would tell us what we could and couldn't do. And it looked fruitful. It really did. It looked like we were crawling into some places that was protective and it was safe. They were sitting down in the bottom of that hole and they were, you know, it was like, okay, we're going to survive this onslaught of society. I remember the first uh, uh, lawsuit that I had to deal with back in 1994. You know, the attorneys, one of the attorneys looked at me and he says, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you keep feeding hungry people, you keep taking in people who are out there on the streets. You keep taking in those guys that are out of prison. You keep doing that. And I'm going to own everything you have. And the number one class for attorneys that year was how to sue a church. And so what we done is we sucked into this hole that said, I can't take these risks. But you know what? There's churches like y'all's that's blessing me that are saying, we're going to get out of that hole. We're going to go walk a street, walk a neighborhood. We're going to have the city come in and we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to stand in. Oh, somebody ought to be a little happy that we're not all just going to stay in a hole. See, the, the whole point is, is that we, we did what we thought because as I told the guys on the deal, I'm not going to get into it, obviously, but what we did is we started bringing people into this hole and we started making them nice guys. And we started making them smell right, look right. I mean, they, they had, can you all imagine me in a three-piece suit? That's what they had me in, you know, and I wore the right foo-foo juice and I drove the right car. I mean, I'm, I mean, I look the part. When you look at me, you think, oh, that, yeah, he's a pastor. <laughs> they look at me now and they go, what are you? You know what I mean? Because we, we fit them into these little molds. I remember, when I was a, when I first made the transition, I was a national leader and they would put on the bullet, they'd send out a bulletin that we're going to have a national meeting and they would say, uh, the dress will be business and business casual and Gary. <laughs> because they knew that I wasn't going to show up looking business. All right. I would look my business. All right. And uh, I, I dressed up for this morning, didn't I? I put sleeves in my shirt, you know? Uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that God is going to raise some people up that are not going to fit in the hole. He's going to raise some people up that don't look right, smell right, and necessarily act right in your opinion all the time. <laughs> and then we're going to have to learn to deal with that. And I was telling Pastor, and I, I shared with him, me and I, I was preaching over in North Carolina a couple of months ago, and right in the middle of a sermon, the Holy Spirit hit me in the back of the head with a thought, and it was, I'm raising up an army that the church is going to treat like America treated the Vietnam soldier. And I went, wow. Else I knew that was God. Because He, he interrupted my, my presentation. And I said, oh, God, what are you doing? But see, there is people that are going to crawl out of those holes. There's people that are going to take those risks. And there's people that are going to say, look, we're tired of the church being made fun of. How many of y'all tired of the church being the joke, number one joke in America? Why is the church the joke of number one America? Because we've been the joke. That's it. Three of us going along with that, we've played a game. 
As Daryl was saying, he said, we, we can fill the pews, we can fill these seats with a performance, but that doesn't change the kingdom of God. That's right. It's not about how many we can sit in a chair unless their lives have been changed by the power of Amen. Almighty God. Amen. I went to Sturgis this last summer, last summer, it's not, it's happening right now, but I went last summer to Sturgis and they told me they had 4,000 people get saved. I said, really? 4,000. I would have expected everybody to be speaking in tongues by then. You know, I would have thought 4,000 people, they would have changed the whole climate of Sturgis. But they didn't have 4,000 skits saved. They had 4,000 that they manipulated and they got them to do the sale job on that said the sinner's prayer. Because it only takes... 11 men to turn a world upside down according to Scripture. And if we really are watching people change their lives, we will bring the kingdom of God down to planet earth. We will bring the kingdom of God to the United States of America. I still believe that God has a mission for the United States of America. I still believe that He loves her. He don't love her any more than He loves China or Vietnam or, or Africa or any other country. But He loves the United States of America. And He's depending on us. And as I viewed that, I thought of all of those different walls. What are those little holes? What about Matthew, the 13th chapter, when we, when it says that while we were sleeping, when you agree the church has been sleeping, while we've been sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed weeds among us. The whole point I'm trying to make is, is that we've got to get out of those holes. And I'm just going to real quickly tell you what I believe those, there's going to be some attitudes that you can watch for. The first one is, is there's going to be some risk takers. In verse 6 it says, Jonathan says, perhaps the Lord will go with us. Say that word, perhaps. perhaps. Come on, say it one more time. Perhaps, perhaps. the Lord will go with us. See, there's got to be a risk factor. If you go into war, you, got, you must know that you're not going to win every battle. I didn't get too many amens. How many of you know you're not going to win every battle? You're not going to win everyone. People that'll tell you that 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 happens, I'm going to tell you that's not real life. There's, a, I don't, I'm not much into playing games. Uh, I think y'all that was with me this weekend know that I don't play games. And when I when I take a, a step outside that hole, I know that there's a great possibility that I, I probably a fifty fifty chance. I had one author that I really respect, and he said, you got a 25% chance. And then I listened to another guy, uh, McManus, I was reading his book, Chasing the Daylight, and he says the same thing. He says, there's no guarantee in a war that you're going to win every battle. And when, when Jonathan looked at his armor bearer, and he says, perhaps the Lord will... I want you to know when I was doing the diaper run, I got over to North Carolina and all I could, I got into this thing and I was, I was talking about this very thing about getting out of the holes and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he says, Gary, get out of the hole and walk and perhaps the church will follow. How many of y'all know it's time for the church to get outside those walls and do what God has asked us to do and be the church every day of our life. Amen. But it's going to be risky. It's going to be risky. Matter of fact, the Bible tells 
tells us that if everybody speaks good of you, you're probably not in the right game. That's right. Yeah, it, it worries me when people are talking good about me. It's when I walk out the door and I hear them talking about, well, yeah, but I know what's truth. <laughs> yeah, I heard that in the parking lot Friday night. I know, but it was some young guys. Don't worry about it. You know, I, I, it didn't, didn't offend me. I just walked to it. He gave me his truck. So I was riding in the truck, you know. I walked over. I know the truth. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, when I was 18, I knew it too. You know, when I was 30, I knew it too. But when I'm 65, I don't know that I know. Oh, come on. How many of y'all old enough to know you don't know what you thought you knew? Yeah. I knew a lot of answers when I preached inside the church. <laughs> I knew it, baby. When I started going underneath the bridge and sitting with homeless people, when I started going to the prisons and listening to their stories, when I do a ministry to the veterans and I listened to what they... I used to think that all I had to do, Cal, was in the name of Jesus just erase all those memories. And God was going to take all of those, those war memories out of their head just like that. See, I had all the answers because I'd read the Scripture. But I didn't put it in practical real life. Does that make sense? So say with me, you say it's going to be a risk. It's going to be a risk. There's no guarantees in this thing. The second thing that you've got to have is got to have confidence. That when he said, when, when Jonathan looked at his armor bearer, he said, look, it doesn't matter if there's few or if there be many with us, it's the Lord that's going to bring the victory. And I, I, was, I was studying that. I was studying a historian and I was studying what they thought about back then. And you know what they actually thought? They thought it was a war of the gods, the little gods. And that these gods was fighting this battle up there. And it didn't matter if there was 10 of them or a thousand of them. They were going to win the battle because God was the, our God. Our G-O-D is bigger than all their little G-O-Ds. Amen. And now I don't know about you, but I have confidence that there's a war going on up there in heaven. Daniel, the 10th chapter, talks about it, that he sent the answer, but it took three weeks or 21 days for it to get down. But he kept believing and kept fighting. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep fighting because I believe my G-O-D is bigger than their G-O-D and that he is going to ultimately be the victor. Amen. It don't matter. I did the diaper run. There was six of us and two in a pickup. And that looked like such a feeble effort. But I had confidence in the G-O-D. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. what it was is for a pro-life home. And it wasn't just to save babies. Thank God that we've, we've gotten some efforts to where we're not destroying the babies on abortion. Amen. Thank God we've got more people that are standing up. But y'all folks realize we have 60 million people. Babies who have been destroyed because of convenience. That's right. Sixty million. While the church was sleeping. That's right. We had sixty million babies destroyed. When you were talking a while ago about stopping the person that was the gangster, I thought, well, also, Daryl, what about the person you reach might become the next great politician? That's right might become the next doctor that figures out the cure for cancer. What, what if that would be the person? And you can't, you can't judge a book by the cover. Huh? You can't look at it and say, oh, that guy's a failure. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that's what they said about me about 50 years ago. They said, that boy will never... I had a girl that, or a guy, 
I mean, a mom that I was dating her daughter, and I seen her just a few years ago, about three years ago, and she shook my hand. She said, I never thought you'd mount to a hill of beans. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of people felt that way. So you can't judge. You don't know who you're reaching. You don't know what God's developing. But you know what? I didn't do that to save babies' lives altogether. How many of y'all have any skeletons in your closet? Huh? We talk about the Vietnam soldier that has memories that flash across his head. What about that mama that has a memory going across her head? If I could save one, Steve, if I could save, save one girl from having a, that memory, I would have felt that it was all worth my effort. Amen. Huh? And then I, I found, I was standing at a pro-life rally in Richmond, Virginia, and I found out that there's men that struggle with that. Yeah. They're saying a lot of guys, wise, <laughs> I'm going to bless you here. Women, I'm going to bless you. We men don't get it too quick. We're slow learners, all right? Three of you women were brave enough to smile at me. The rest of you are being very submissive. But Yvonne didn't hesitate one second. <laughs> And this guy told me, he says, I've written a book on it. He is a, a veterinarian. He said, I've written a book on it because I was one of those guys. And it takes 20 years for a man to spin out of control. And they're calling it midlife crisis when in reality, the skeletons are screaming in their closet. And they self-medicating to get deal with this thing. And so we did this because we believe that God's got to help our people quit living with these nightmares. Amen. Amen? Amen. The last thing that I'll tell you, I have confidence. I'm not afraid. I have total understanding that when I get on that motorcycle and leave here today, that I may not get to Monahans, Texas. I have total understanding of that. And I, you know why I tell that all the time? Is because I don't want my kids, I don't want those that love me, I don't want them to say, well, I just don't understand how God would allow that to happen. Come on. Come on. How I many of you know our churches eat up with that? That's right. Why did Mary get sick and die? She studied her Bible every day. She paid her tithes and she went to church every time the doors was open and she got sick and died. I'm going to tell you, God does not see heaven as punishment. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want to tell you, it'd be okay with me not to ever have to sleep in a normal bed again and then to have to walk on hot pavement again, but to walk on streets of gold and to shout in the presence of an almighty God and to live in his divine presence and not wake up with my back hurting and my feet hurting and, and looking at all of the mess that I've got to deal with. I would love to be in heaven tonight. So if God chooses to allow me to go down, that's okay because I, he and I got this deal going on. He ain't going to leave me a vegetable. I mean, I'm going to go out with my boots on. And some of y'all sitting there going, that is freaking crazy. I'm telling you that God is raising up people that are not afraid. Say not afraid. Amen. Not afraid. Got to get over this mess, man. Our forefathers told us don't fall in love with this world. That's right. This is not my home. That's right. I'm simply passing through. Hallelujah. The last thing is, is you don't take the easy route. Jonathan facing two hills. One of them was thorny and one of them was slippery. That's what they're meaning in the Hebrew. 
and he crawled up the side of those thorny, slippery sides. He didn't take the easy path. America has got to get it in their head that it's okay to be insane for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say insane. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm insane. I get it. Travel on a motorcycle on all kinds of weather. Probably they're telling us that it's it's probably going to be in the hundred to ten and hundred and twenty range when I go through Houston this week. That's insane. There's there is no air conditioning on it, Daryl. <laughs> and when I ride and it's eight degrees, there's no heater on it. I do have heated clothes, but there's no heater on it. Got to be insane. Let me show you real quickly what we do. This is how we try to walk this thing out that we believe that God has called us to do and what you supported to this point. Can you go to the PowerPoint now? Um, we're going to go right to that PowerPoint. and we're gonna get... <laughs> All right, go to the next one. Thank you so much. Uh, go to the next slide. We do free camps. We did uh, 10 in the United States. They're wrapping up one today in Mexico. My wife went to the Philippines. No kid pays to go to, nobody pays to go to this camp. How many of y'all believe that God wants us to have salvation and wants us to have a, a experience where we're lifted up where you don't have to pay if you can't afford it? Amen. And how many of y'all understand it's okay if you can't afford it to just be able to come? Amen. So nobody pays. When I was a kid, if you, if the guy that had money, Look down, their kid looked down on me because I didn't have money. And so I said, we're going to fix that. No kid can look down on anybody else because nobody's going to pay to come. We've only been doing these 27 years. And we found that God has blessed and provided for us to bring these kids in and do these camps. Just We do one thing, I'll tell you one thing we do on them. We call it an ace award. And we bring every kid up and we gossip about him. We send him out the room and we gossip about him. And we talk about a positive attitude, talk about something good in his character or someplace that he gave a good example. And when we draw, then we draw him an award and we present it to him. We want him to live there, leave there built up because we believe they've got to have a, something that tells them they're okay instead of the system that says they're a loser. Amen. And so that's free camp. Let's go to the next one. We do a run for the wall. We go for, how many veterans do we have in the house? I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just raise your hand. How many veterans we have in the house? Oh, come on. I'm going to take time. Stand up, would you? All you veterans, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. We honor you this morning. We thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. So you may be seated. I was in the motel room this morning, or motel lobby this morning, and so many soldiers down there. Tell them we appreciate them. Well, what we do is we do one motorcycle ride from Washington D.C. to California, or to, from California to Washington D.C. to honor them. I've been the senior chaplain um, for the last eight years, a chaplain for the last ten, and that's our congregation. That's who we serve out there, and we we provide them with water, sports, drink. Something to the tune of about 22,000 bottles. Then we, we're, if their bike breaks down there, we're there to pick their bike up and take it to a shop. If they have a wreck, we're there to go to the hospital with them. You say, do you have wrecks? Yeah. You put 700 motorcycles in one pack and you're going to have some wrecks. And so what we do is we go to the hospital with them. We're there when they come apart at night. 
a Vietnam soldier that comes apart. And he don't, he, he's just out of control. The flashbacks are just killing him. And we just go to their motel room and just sit with them and listen to them. And, and we're silently, we will pray for them until they ask us to pray for them. And so what we do is we go out there, we do this all through the year by going to uh, military funerals. Uh, I just, this, since I've been here, I escorted a guy that was killed in World War II. His body was mixed up with the Germans in a grave. And our country wouldn't escort him home because he was from Canada and came across the line, joined the United States military. And so they wouldn't escort him. So there's about 30 of us went up there and escorted him to his final resting place. And that's what we do with Run for the Wall. That's how we do to serve our, our heroes of, hey, they're the real deal. They're the real heroes. Not Michael Jackson. Come on. Uh, not LeBron James. Come on. The real ones are the guys that's standing the line and saying, spin me any way you want to spin me. And that's what we're out there doing is honoring them for the church. Had a guy tell me, and I'm trying to get off this, but I had one guy tell me, he said, all the bars in town are shutting down. All the schools come out and welcome us. He said, everybody in the community, but why isn't the church out here? That was, that was the first year I went 13 years ago, and I said, I promise you we're going to make a difference in that. We are going to be out there as a church, and so we have the banner that has your church's name on it. All right, let's go to the next one. This is our diaper run. And somebody said, diaper run, does that mean you're chasing a dirty diaper? You know, well, no. what it is, is we started in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we rode all the way to Los Angeles, California, and we stopped every day and had a life rally. Then on Monday, we drove down to San Diego, just kind of took a nice day to get our bikes ready and recover and get a little rest. And then we got up and got on our motorcycles at six o'clock on Tuesday morning. In 47 hours and seven minutes later, we were in Jacksonville, Florida. We stopped every 150 miles and we picked up diapers and we picked up baby wipes and we picked up donations. And that's a picture from last year's. I don't have a picture of this year's, but that's last year's. That's 30,000 diapers that we collected last year. Just double that. We have 56,855 diapers, 62,917 wipes, and approximately $17,500 to go to that home over there where girls, just real quickly, these girls can come in when they're pregnant and they get all the care that they need. They can finish their education across the street. We have classes on how to be a mama, how to have a budget, how to, how to survive in this world. And then we, once they have their baby, we have another building. And that building will hold the mama and their baby until they're 21, the mama's 21 years old. And you say, well, how long is that? Well, the last girl was a little blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl, 14 years old, that gave birth to a little child. So that means that she's going to be able to be there for seven years. And we were able to give her some baby diapers and some baby wipes. And buy, we're, we bought a building, and they're going to turn it into a baby boutique to where those girls can go in there and shop for their babies. Don't have any money. They're just going to go in there, pick out what they need. Isn't, isn't God good? That, that facility is $2.3 million. So it's a beautiful facility. How I many believe it's nice to have class for these girls? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the next one. All right. Let's go to the, th- the next one. I think I have one more. Do we have any Native Americans in the house? Any Native Americans? Got one, 
too. No wonder you Oki. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that's probably the people that we've done the most wrong to? Is a Native American. We've lied to them, taken their land from them, taken away their way of life, and demanded that they take a Christian name. And so what we do is, we did one motorcycle ride since I've been here called Hokahe. I don't think I've done it when I've been here before. I went from, from Key West, Florida to Homer, Alaska, 8,474 miles, 574 miles. I couldn't get a motel room. I had to sleep by the road on my bike. Couldn't take a bath. I had to do all of that kind of stuff because they wanted me to remember what it was like to be on the Trail of Tears. They wanted me to remember what it was to have to cross a land in extreme pressure and and undue circumstances. And so we rode across the country those miles, and my heart broke for the Native American. I will leave a week from tomorrow to Montana, and we're going to go to the Crow Nation, and we're going to give them a horse, and we're just going to tell them we love you. We want you to know we care about what goes on in your life. We're not going to try to get them to say the sinner's prayer. If they want Jesus, we're certainly going to be there to tell them the hope that lies within us. But we're going to, first of all, just let them know we love them. We're not cramming Jesus down their throat. Is that all right? And so let me show you the last slide, Steve, if you want to come on up. That's the horse we're going to give them. His name is JJ. He's a Tabiano paint. And uh, I just believe that we're going to make an impact for Jesus among them. By the way, pray for my wife. There's no shower stalls there. So <laughs> she, she's going to be sleeping in a tent and she's not going to be pretty cute with all the makeup on every morning. So God bless y'all. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for letting me share with you today. God bless you. Thanks for the men's retreat. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.